Welcome to the Encounter Church Podcast. For more information about our church and service times, please visit revival.me. Enjoy the message. And so I want to talk to you about a few highlights of the year before I start preaching. But let's read the text, Isaiah 6, one of my favorite portions of the Old Testament. Um, and I'm, I haven't preached this in quite a while, so I'm excited to be jumping into it. And I just felt the Lord burning this in my heart a couple weeks ago and uh, just been praying into this. And so I'm really excited. So Isaiah chapter 6. We're going to read uh, from the New King James Version, and we're going to read verses 1 through 8. Isaiah chapter 6, verses 1 through 8. Are you all ready? Who has a real Bible, like a real, an actual paper Bible? Raise it up really high. I just want to honor all the real Christians in the room. Let's give them a round of applause for being a real, the, you're the real deal. Come on, somebody. And uh, you guys are like, you do this every Sunday. Yes. One day you'll get the point. Now, do you have your Bible on a device? Raise it up real high if you have it on an iPad or an Android. If you have it on an Android, keep it up real high. Okay. Get an iPhone. All right. I'm just messing with y'all. Androids are pretty cool, you know. If you're a loser. No, I'm kidding. What is this animosity between Android and iPhone? It's just not cool, right? Like, there should be unity in the body. What? I should endeavor to keep the unity of the body. Amen. So I'm just playing. We honor the Android users. And we just we celebrate who you are without stumbling over your Android. Okay. <laughs> Isaiah chapter 6. How many know this is a good time to get in the word? Okay. Isaiah 6, verse 1. In the year King Uzziah died, Isaiah says, I saw the Lord sitting on a throne, high and lifted up, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Above it stood seraphims. Each one had six wings. With two, he covered his face. With two, he covered his feet. And with two, he flew. And one cried to one another, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. Verse 4, And the posts of the door were shaken, by the voice of him who cried out. And the house was filled with smoke. So I said, woe is me, for I am undone. Say, undone. undone. Because I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Verse 6. Then one of the seraphim flew to me, having uh, in his hand a live coal, which he had taken with the tongs from the altar, and he touched my mouth with it and said, Behold, this has touched your lips. Your iniquity is taken away, and your sin is purged. Also, I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send, and who will go for us? Then Isaiah responded. He said, Here am I. Send me. What a beautiful text. Can we pray real quick? Father, thank you so much for your people. Thank you for this time of worship. How many just enjoy that time of worship? Come on, so good. How many are learning a lot of new songs? You know, I didn't even know that last song, and I'm just interrupting my own prayer right now, but uh, I didn't know that last song, but it was anointed, so I didn't even care. I just sing. And when I don't know the song, I just sing in tongues up here. I'm like, oh, I don't even know. But I thank God for the projector, you know. 
But what a wonderful time of worship. So let's just lift our hands and thank God for that. Lord, we thank you for your presence. We thank you that we get to experience your love, Lord. And, and we don't just come to hear uh, nice, inspiring music and an inspiring message, but we come to encounter. We come to encounter you. And it's the first Sunday of the year, and we're excited for what you have for us as a community. We're excited for what you have for this city. We're excited for what you have for us as a people, as individuals, as families. And Lord, we're anticipating a great, great season ahead. Lord, thank you for your word this morning. I pray you would stir up every heart with a hunger to receive, to hear the word of the Lord. Give us hearing ears. Thank you for revelation and and in the knowledge of Jesus. Thank you for right now that spirit of revelation just opening our hearts, opening our eyes. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Shout out amen. And would you just give the Lord a shout of praise? Come on. Amen. So I, uh, I, I just want to go over a few highlights of 2020. Um, some are serious and some are kind of funny. Uh, how many know sometimes you got to laugh at, at like some things, count it all joy, you know, when you fall into various trials and and so some were a little more serious. Some were kind of funny. I mean, you, like I've learned it when I laugh through like crazy stuff that doesn't make any sense, you know, like the other day, um, and this was actually this year, and, and I'm just confessing that this is hopefully um, not the beginning of more bad things to happen this year, but somebody at the Wegmans parking lot, and I love Wegmans, you know, I just, it's such a holy parking lot. Wegmans is a holy place, <laughs> Right? Come on, somebody. Don't look at me like I'm sacrilege right now. But somebody, unfortunately, backed into my car and broke the grill on the front of my car. And, uh, and that actually happened this year on the 3rd of January. And um, it was a little depressing. But let's give you a few highlights. Let's, let's not go there. Come on, somebody. You got to laugh at stuff like that. Um, I, I'll just say this. If I look back at some of the highlights of last year, I know that there were some ups and downs. It was a lot of things we didn't expect. But one of the first highlights is my wife and I and, and our family, we said yes to the call of God to move across the country. That's one of the first highlights of, uh, of 2020. And it was, it was a crazy time, you know, saying goodbye, um, appointing new pastors at the church that we planted uh, 11 years prior to that in a coffee shop with 12 people. And, uh, and it grew to hundreds, and we saw hundreds saved, healed, delivered. And God did so many amazing things, you know. And, and he took nothing and made it something amazing so he gets all the glory. Yeah. And, and that was such a profound highlight. And we had no idea, you know, what would unfold for the rest of the year. But all we knew is the Lord had called us. And and then it started getting a little crazy. And then how many of you know, remember, remember the first lockdown? Who remembers that? Like, what is happening? You know, how many remember before masks were like a mandate? You, if you went to the store, it was like in the social distancing. And you're like, you know, wondering if COVID is like everywhere. You don't want to touch anything. Was anyone like that? Nobody's a germaphobe in this place, huh? Was anyone addicted to san, san, hand sanitizer? 
Was anyone addicted to hand sanitizer before COVID? This guy right here. I'm the type of person, if I see it, I got to use it. It's like, yes, Lord. Take the coal, cleanse my lips. Here I am. And it was just funny, the, the first lockdown. What I remember, though, it was a highlight because I, uh, I actually got sick and, uh, and I had all the COVID symptoms. And this is back in March. Don't worry. I'm not contagious. And uh, it was about two and a half weeks, and it was not fun. But I got to spend good quality time with my family. And I remember the home that we lived in had a swimming pool. Do you guys know what that is? Okay. Um, an in-ground swimming pool. <laughs> and it had a view of the city. It was a beautiful home. And we literally did the pool and barbecue and family time every day in lockdown. And it was such a, it was fun. Even Sarah's birthday, she, she couldn't have a party because I was quarantining. We are all quarantining. And she couldn't have a party, so we just ordered food, like three different meals, and just had a party right at the house just with us and our family. What a highlight, though, right? Wasn't that a highlight? Come on, can we thank God for family? Can we thank God for swimming pools? Mm -hmm. Ain't going to see none of those open for a little while. Come on, somebody. And then, of course, moving here and meeting you. Come on, that was a highlight. Meeting Josiah. When I met Josiah, it was like amazing. And it's still amazing. You were gone two weeks, and I didn't have any pour over coffee, and it was just <laughs> Satan. It was awful. And that coffee you made this morning was just fantabulous. It was heaven on earth in my mouth. Come on, somebody. And I'm thankful for the highlight of coming here in June. I remember when we showed up. And our pod with all of our furniture and people come to serve and we're unloading it. And this is a home that we bought without seeing it in person. We've never done that before. We bought this house virtually. You know when a realtor takes you through the house? Well, ours took us through on an iPhone. And we're looking. We're like, wait, can you stop? Can you go back? What was that on the floor? <laughs> like, it was just a totally new experience. But what a highlight. And the generosity of the community, of the saints, of you. You're, as a family, you received us with open arms. And then we come up here and we start running and y'all follow. And, and what a highlight. This was a, last year was amazing. Amen. It was crazy, but it was amazing. And the Lord did amazing things. Are you thankful Amen. that God can make broken things beautiful? Amen. So I can't, can't forget that. Can't leave that out. And then we uh, did the church relaunch. Remember when we changed the name, September 20th? And for me, it was powerful because we planted a church, Encounter Church Las Vegas, you know, in 2009. And to us, that community became a movement. And so it was a huge highlight for us to, to change the name of the church because it signified the, the beauty of what this community is intrinsically in its DNA and heart. And also what God added to it in its DNA and heart which is us as leaders getting to run with you and you run with us and we can head uh, forward in what God has for us. What a highlight. Amen? Then there's one that was, this is the one I had to, I'm going to mention just happened last week. It's pretty funny. It's not funny, actually. It's horrible. But I had to laugh through it. Amen? Amen. You ever have those days where you laugh through something you should have cried through, but then you look back and I'm like, I'm sure glad I counted all joy. Learn to do that. And so this was tough, though. So I'm, uh, I'm driving. I stopped to get gas. 
I just thought it was going to be, I was excited about this day too. I'm like, it's going to be a good day. I'm going to the church. I'm, I got some stuff to do. I'm going to pray. And so I had stopped to get gas. And, uh, you know, some, I don't know what it was in Vegas though. Certain gas stations always had issues with the, you put your card in and then it says C cashier. Don't you love that? It's like, there's nothing wrong with my card. And then you got to go in and pay for the gas. So I thought it was one of those moments. I'm like, oh, I'm used to this, whatever. So I go, I use my card. It didn't work. All I needed was a little bit of gas. And so I used my card and it didn't work. So I'm like, that's weird. I know there's money in there, right? So I pull it up. I pull up my bank app and I look. And you know, every once in a while this might happen. Maybe not to you. Your overdraft. Like, oh, I didn't calculate something right. So I got to transfer some money. Did, has anyone ever overdraft their account? Okay. All right. Who has overdraft protection? Praise God. Well, overdraft protection didn't work because I looked at my account. You catch this. It was overdraft $237,000. True story. This is a week ago. So I started to go fund me. I need you to go right now to ZachWex.com. No, I'm kidding. Totally kidding. So I'm like, what in the world? I'm like, Jesus. This is a highlight, though. So I called Rochelle. I looked, though, and it was like, oh, it was overdraft. Our mortgage company, here's what they did. We made a payment, and they added a couple zeros in there. So instead of, like, you know, our payment coming out, $240,000 came out of our checking account. I got a text from a pastor friend who's a part of our network, and he's like, hey, congratulations, pastor, for paying your mortgage off. <laughs> ha, 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 ha. I'm like, yeah, thanks, bro. So a couple people were just generous. Says, hey, I'll send you money if you need it. I'm like, no, I got kids, man. They got jobs. I'm going to drain their account for, with groceries. <laughs> groceries. And then they know this is what life's really like. They're like, dad, groceries are $400. Yeah, it's your stomach that does that. Every week. So the bank fixed it. Come on, somebody. God took what was broken and made it beautiful. He restored what the locust and wormwood had eaten away. Stupid mortgage company. And uh, what a highlight, though. I had to mention that. And thank God it got worked out. We called the mortgage company and fixed it, and they still haven't pulled the regular payment out. I don't know what, geez. Just, can we all just pray for the mortgage company right now? <laughs> and then lastly, finally, this is going to be the best one, right? And then I'm done. Then we're going to jump into the word. Finally, 11.59 and 59 seconds. The end of 2020. Come on. Your response was blessed. I will count it all joy. How many were excited when the year was over? How many, is exci how many are excited for what is ahead? Come on. Amen. So in the text, I want to just go through these eight verses and talk about a few things, and then I'll dismiss you. I, I, was, I always read this, and, and I always think of it, the undone scripture. It's the scripture where Isaiah was undone. Say the word undone. undone. And this word branded my heart many years ago. And I've had many undone encounters with the Lord. How many have ever had an encounter with the Lord, we sang the song earlier where it says, I'm undone by who you are. Amen. There's something about experiencing who God is 
seeing who he is and just being undone. It's a picture, I, I love the, in my own mind, I think of it as like the cartoon where, you know, just imagine in a cartoon where someone's wearing a sweater and you just pull on a thread and it just completely unravels. And then the only thing left is just you and the Lord. And I love this, and I want to just unpack a few things that I think are really powerful. First of all, of all it says, in the year that King Uzziah died, he saw the Lord sitting on a throne. Now, the throne is most likely in the Holy of Holies right above the mercy seat. He saw the tangible manifest glory. Now, how many know he didn't see the Father? He saw a pre-incarnate Jesus. He saw Yahweh. He saw Jesus. It was actually a... Uh, a Christophany, like Jesus appeared. And this is what it says in John chapter 12 in the gospel, that what Isaiah saw when he saw his glory, it was the Lord. It was Jesus. Yeah. But it's interesting. It's in the year King Uzziah died. How many know a little bit about King Uzziah? If you read a little bit about his life, he did some great things. He started as king when he was 16 years old. He reigned for like 52 years. And he, was, he did great things until... His heart was lifted up, and success was his failure, and he presumed that he could do the role of a priest and burn incense like the priests do, and the priests followed him in, and the priests are saying, bro, you shouldn't do this. This is our job. He had a little lapse in identity, and he got struck with leprosy, and it's interesting to me that Isaiah has an encounter with God after King Uzziah dies. Sometimes the encounter that we want with Jesus isn't being experienced because we have to allow our presumption and pride to die. Amen. When presumption and pride dies, we will have a greater revelation of who Jesus is. We come like a child. We come to him with childlike faith. Say, Lord, you're way more loving and amazing than my current revelation of you. And I pray that this year would be a year that we would expect great things and come with the hungering and a thirsting for greater revelation of his presence and glory. It says it saw the Lord, he saw the Lord sitting on a throne high and lifted up, and the train of the robe filled the temple. Wow. Then above it, he saw this seraphim, these fiery angels. Each one had six wings. They covered their face and their feet, and then with two, they flew. There was this reverential awe that even these perfect created beings had in the presence and in the glory of God. It's amazing. And then it says, they cried to one another. How many love this part? And they cried, holy Holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. You know, it's interesting. It says the whole earth is full of his glory. I think those go together. You know, the, the angels are crying holy, holy, holy to one another. And now this is profound. First of all, I think as New Testament believers, we can look and say that they're probably singing holy, holy, holy to every member of the Godhead. Come on, somebody. But there's something that's profound about the, the threefoldness of this that in the Hebrew, it is like a poetic crescendo that they're not just saying emphatically like we would say about something like, you know, 
2020 was really, really, really dumb. Amen? They're actually saying, crying to one another, God is holy, 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 like an exponential, hear me, increase. It's a poetic exponential increase of holiness. In other words, it's like he is holy to the power of holy to the power of holy. No words can describe who he is. Now, there's something powerful about this encounter. When we look at it and we dive in the text, I, 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 not, I see the Trinity. I see, obviously, the otherness of God. How many know that there's none like him? But the holiness of God doesn't just describe otherness, but it describes the beauty of who God is as Father, Son, and Spirit. How many know that the Bible says in John 1, 1, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God? Do you know it's not just talking about Jesus being God, but it's saying the Word was with God, the Father. The Word, Jesus, was with the Father. Now, the word with is not just alongside, but it's the Greek word pros, which means Turn towards. In other words, John, in his revelation, is writing the Gospel of John, starts with this prologue that actually matches Genesis and the creation narrative. And he says that before creation, before anything existed, before time itself, there was the Father, the Son, and the Spirit. And the Father and the Son are turned towards one another. In other words, face to face. This is the intimate relationship the Father has with the Son. So when the angels are crying, holy, 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 listen, they're not just describing the otherness of God, they're describing the beauty of the relationship and the love and the communion and the joy that God has in his own being. When we discover that, catch this, relationships become effortless because we learn to be other-centered and self-giving just like the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Good time for a sign of the cross. All my Catholic brothers and sisters just wave at me. There's no Catholics here. You're still Catholic. Don't. You're part of the universal church. Jesus juke. Gotcha. That's what the word Catholic means, universal. Okay, whatever. Holy, holy, holy. The beauty of the Father, Son, and Spirit and the otherness of God. But it's describing this, this relationship, this perichoresis, this divine dance. The relationship between the Father, Son, and Spirit that holds everything together. In him all things consist. The angels are crying to one another, and it shakes the doorposts, the voice of the angels. Then they say the whole earth is full of his glory. You know why I love that? Because it's a picture that it wasn't just the glory of God wasn't just for the tabernacle or the temple or to be seen above the mercy seat, but to spill out and fill the whole earth. What we experience here is not just meant for here. It's meant for out there. It's meant for the broken. It's meant for the hurting. They're thirsty. They're hungry. And we have what they need. It's the love of God. The whole earth is full of his glory. And also, it's indicative of this prophetic declaration that the earth is the Lord's and the fullness therein. 
love good old King James. Come on, somebody. Amen. I memorized a lot in New King James back in the day, so sometimes I, it just comes out in New King James. The earth is the Lord's, and the whole earth is full of his glory. You know, the Bible even says that the knowledge of the glory of the Lord will cover the earth as the waters cover the sea. It doesn't say the, the glory of the Lord will flood the earth as the waters cover the sea. That's not what it says. It says the knowledge. In other words, there will be an awakening. This is all his. He's everywhere. And there's an awakening and awareness. Holy, holy, holy. Because what was happening, what Isaiah was seeing, was not just meant for the temple, but it was meant to flood the earth or to permeate the reality that God is everywhere to be uh, revealed. Can you say amen? amen? So the holiness is not just the otherness. It's not just this moral compass. Holiness is it's describing the other centeredness of who God is, but also the Father, Son, and Spirit, self-giving, loving, that God is love, that God is love, not just, love isn't just something God does, love is who he is, because our God is not a monad, solitary being, holy, transcendent, he is transcendent, but he's also eminent, he's also permeating all things, and God is not just some individual lonely deity, God is relationship itself. God is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, which means if love requires relationship, then God isn't just loving because he likes to love. It's who he is. That changes our Christianity, by the way, because now we think, well, what if God stops loving me? Well, that's impossible because that would mean God would have to cease being God. And God can't cease being God because he's God. Amen. So if God stopped loving you, then that would mean he would cease being himself, which is not possible. Amen. Love is just who he is. Matter of fact, people that are in hell, they're loved by God. And because they've turned away and held on to their sins and not received Jesus, they're experiencing that love as torment, not bliss. Woo! You know, that's what the early church believed about the afterlife. We've paganized it and Hellenized it. I don't understand all that. I know it's, it's real. I believe in heaven. I believe in hell. But I don't believe it's God's heart. God doesn't send people to hell. People choose it. They choose. See, God, his disposition towards us never changes. It's always a burning Love, our God, Hebrews 12, is a consuming fire. And to those that are turned towards the fire, it is bliss and love and warmth. But if you're turned away from the fire, it ain't going to feel too good. Come on, somebody. When our hearts are turned away from God, we experience him in a different way. Look at Adam and Eve running from God in the garden. Shame. Condemnation. God's like, why are y'all hiding? In other words, where are you is, what, what are you hiding for? Well, we, we just realized that we're naked and we're ashamed. And it was the result of turning away from communion with God. And so the holiness of God describes the beauty of who God is. Because God was holy before there was sin. Holiness is not just separation from sin. 
Holiness is the beauty of the other-centered love of the Father, Son, and Spirit. Can you say amen? amen? So the glory of God wasn't just meant for the temple. It was meant for the whole world. Then it says the posts of the door were shaken. I don't know about you, but when there's an earthquake, we are, were told, especially being close to Southern California, you know, I've been to Southern California. When there's an earthquake, you're just laying in bed, and then all of a sudden the whole room starts shaking. Who's ever been in an earthquake? They tell you, run outside or go under a doorpost. Actually, that is a safe place. Well, this encounter that Isaiah has, there's an earthquake, and the safe places are shaken. What are the safe places that God wants to shake when we get a revelation of who he is? I feel like 2020 was a safe place, and it sure was shaken. And, and the church waking up. Yes. Wait a minute. Whoo. Our religious freedoms are kind of being taken from us right now. This doesn't feel too good. Oh, go to China. Can you imagine? You know that's the fastest growing church in the world is in China? Let them take our freedom away. We'll just thrive and grow. More revival. That's what happened in the early church. First few centuries, the more persecution, the more church, the church grew. Even to the point where Christianity was legalized. We don't know if Constantine's you know, conversion was real or not. All we do know is Christianity thrived. And even though there were setbacks, the church never stopped growing. Why? Because Jesus said, I'll build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail. Shaken. The doorposts were shaken by the voice of him who cried out. And the house was filled with smoke. And I said, and then Isaiah says, Woe is me, for I am undone. It's interesting. If you look back from chapter 1 to chapter 5, Isaiah is saying, Woe to you, woe to you, woe to you. Woe to you, woe to you. Then has an encounter with God. Woe is me. <laughs> if you encounter the Lord and you're saying woe to you, you encounter religion, not the Lord. When you encounter Jesus, you, you see the stuff that he's revealing in you before you point the finger at somebody else. Because how many know you got three pointing back at you? Come on, somebody. I love this. Woe to me. I am undone. I am silenced. I am found dumb. I have nothing to say. I am ruined. I, he saw his own wickedness. And he said, I am a man of unclean lips. And I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. He saw his own sin first. Amen. For my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Then the seraphim flew to me, having in his hand a live coal, which he had taken with the tongs from the altar. By the way, the Bible says that that altar, the fire was kindled from the Lord. This fire was from the Lord. It was heavenly. It's actually a type of Holy Communion. The early church fathers taught it as this coal that took his sin away. It's a type of us partaking of Christ. It all points to Jesus. By the way, after Isaiah has this encounter, he starts, he starts prophesying about Jesus. From this point on, the rest of the entire book of Isaiah. Because he saw Jesus, he couldn't stop talking about him. <laughs> Woo, come on, somebody. Because when you see him... When you encounter that love, when you see Jesus, when you taste and see that the Lord is good, 
There is nothing that can shake you. There's no going back. When you experience him, my eyes have seen the king, the Lord of hosts. How many know it's about the encounter we have with him? Can you say amen? amen? The seraphim, live coal taken from the altar. He touched my mouth with it and said, behold, this has touched your lips. Your iniquity is taken away and your sin is purged. Indicative of the remission of sins that we receive because of the supreme sacrifice of the Holy Lamb of God. Yes. And he didn't just die for our sins, 1 John 2, 2, but for the sins of the whole world. Amen. The sins of the whole world. That's right. Every human being can come and receive that love and that forgiveness. Can you say amen to that? Amen. You know, uh, I think it was about a week and a half ago, we had a moment where I was undone. And uh, 2020, I was kind of undone. But I, I know this is so cliche to have a little rhyme, but I feel like 2021 is going to be, we're going to be undone in 2021. Yes. Yes. We are going to experience the Lord Amen. like never before. The other day, we're at a fire pit and with our family, and every once in a while, we, we have family talks, you know. It usually starts with one of the kids asking a question. Sometimes it's about the Lord or life or whatever, and then mom and dad chime in, and, and then we, we can feel it in our hearts, like this is a moment with our kids, yeah. and, and sometimes we're the ones that get ministered to, yes. and we're talking to our kids, and I'm talking to Josiah, and and the kids, and I, I'm, I'm telling them how there's always a point in their lives as they grow up where they encounter God for themselves. You know, like all my kids, they're, they're baptized in the Spirit, and they've encountered the Lord, but there's this age, like right around from 10 to like maybe 14, it's like they're, they just, they begin to have these Isaiah kind of encounters. Uh, it, it happened to Sarah when she was, I think, 12, and... Um, it just set her life on a different course. Amen. And so I'm telling the kids, I'm like, you got to have your own encounter with Jesus. Yes. And I'm telling them, like, hey, I want, I want you to engage in worship, man. Like, my heart as a dad is for you to encounter his love. And I'm just pouring my heart out. And I said, you know, and I'm not perfect. And, and like, I'm very real with my kids, you know. And I said, you know, looking back, I know sometimes I do stupid things. How many make mistakes? And I'm just talking, right? We're talking, and, and my kids have learned to be sensitive to these times. And when they're not, they'll get reprimanded for sure. <laughs> and then if one of them gets reprimanded, they're like, and they like laugh at the person who got it. But then Layla, my little fiery seraphim, my little angel, I call her my special treasure. She said this, she said, I have something to say. I wish the church would stop saying stuff and have something to say. I knew she had something from the Lord. I said, what, baby? Everyone's listening. The fire's going. It's a holy moment. She says, Daddy, 
You didn't do stupid things. I love you. It hit me so hard. It was like a coal from the altar. I was undone. I was unraveled in that moment. I sobbed like a baby. She ran over and hugged me. And she was just ministering encouragement and love to me. That's all she was doing. That's what she knows. And I was totally unraveled. And I began to think of the verse that says, out of the mouth of babes. Coming from Psalm 8 2, and Jesus even quotes it when the Pharisees, when religion attacks the manifestation of heaven on earth, there's people being healed, there's amazing things happening, and then they remember, oh, wait, when he came in on a donkey, did you hear what the children were saying? Hosanna, Hosanna. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, son of David. They're literally ascribing Jesus as the Messiah. So the Pharisees are like, did you hear what these kids are saying? And Jesus says, isn't it written out of the mouth of babes? I love Psalm 8 too. I love Psalm 8 too in the Living Bible. You have taught the little children to praise you perfectly. May their example shame and silence your enemies. May we learn from Layla that we shouldn't just say something, but we as the people of God have something to say because we've seen the king. And we can boldly declare the word of the Lord and we can anticipate that in 2021, we will be undone. We will not be stressed out by politics or pressured by a pandemic. But we will experience his love. Come on, lift your hands with me. His presence. His glory. This is the first Sunday of the year, y'all. I'm excited. I'm, man, I've been praying. I've been spending time in prayer. I'm like, let's go, baby. Yes. We got stuff to do in this region. God wants to do. God wants to use you. We're about ready to open up discipleship for the community. Amen. And I am anticipating transformation because we're not going to be undone by all that stuff. We're going to be undone by his love, his presence, his power, his healing, his glory. The whole earth is full of his glory. We'll declare it. Verse 8, he heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send and who will go for us? The Trinity is having a conversation. And Isaiah says, Here am I, send me. Or was it Jesus? Was it a type of Jesus? Oh. Father, I'll go. Here am I. Send me. He says yes before you say yes. Psalm 8-2. You've taught the little children to praise you perfectly. May their example shame and silence your enemies. May the church rise up this year. God is calling forth a pure childlike praise to come forth in the earth from his people and may it silence may it still the avenger 
the enemy, the naysayers, the spirits of mocking. The church would rise up in glory and maturity and take dominion in the earth. Come on, somebody. Beholding him, being undone in this order and saying yes to declaring his word without apology because that was what Isaiah was saying. Here am I, send me. I don't care if they stone me. I'm going to say I've seen the Lord. There's nothing that's going to stop me. I've encountered Jesus. I will not bow to political pressure. Come on, somebody. I will not bow to the pressure of some pandemic. Come on. The virus is getting weaker. Yeah, it's real. And some people, it hits hard. Some people, it doesn't at all. We got to use wisdom, but we should not be afraid. Come on. We will not bow to the pressure of what's happening all around us. Come on, it may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by Him. And in 2021, I don't know about you, but I'm ready to be undone by the presence, by the glory, come on, by the majesty of the King. May His robe fill the temple. Come on, may the cloud of glory manifest. May the people of God rise up in authority. Come on, I'm preaching better than you responded. Stand up right now. Somebody give them a childlike praise. Come on, somebody allow the Lord to call forth a praise in the earth, a praise that silences the enemy. We say, yes, Jesus. Come on, give him a shout of praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Father, I bless your people. I thank you for the word of the Lord and I call forth the fiery the fiery worship and praise. We say deep encounters with the Lord. We've come to be undone. There's nothing else. There's nothing else. There's nothing less than we want, Lord. We thank you for what's ahead for us as a people. A move of God. A move of heaven. Rochester, New York. Oh, do you believe it? Lift your hands. Say, yes, Lord. Would you seal it one more time with praise and thank God for his word? Hallelujah. We pray these things in the mighty name of Jesus. And everyone shout out amen. Amen. Hi, Pastor Zach here at Encounter Church in Rochester, New York. Hope you were blessed by that message. And we want to give you an opportunity to sow into the ministry if you'd like to. If you would, just go to revival.me and click on the button that says give. Thanks again and have a blessed, blessed day.